Hoody hoo. Hey guys, back with episode 36. I'm just going to jump right into this. This is with my uh, my good buddy, Noe. This is his mom, Robin. Um, she was awesome. And uh, there's going to be a lot of, of sound effects and stuff coming into this episode. Uh, but we worked through it. And um, I hope you guys enjoy this. This is something I've been wanting to delve into, the special needs uh, community. And uh, they're amazing people. And, and she has a very close look. Uh, close and personal, you know, look to what they go through and, and so on. So, uh, yeah, please, uh, you guys, welcome the wonderful, the lovely Robin. Okay. All right, guys, we're back with another one. Um, so this interview is a little different because I kind of, it kind of snowballed into something that I didn't think was going to happen. Um, I was kind of going down the rabbit hole and looking at certain disabilities I'd like to get into and special needs is one that I've really, uh, wanted to delve into, but it's hard due to the fact that, you know, it's hard to interview them. And unless you know a parent or someone who works with them on a daily basis, um, and I kind of had an epiphany in a weird way because I was remembered my friend Noah, who I've mentioned a few times, uh, he, his mom works in the field, and so uh, this is his mom, Robin. Hello there. Hello. <laughs> um, so why don't you tell us what you do and then kind of uh, why why'd you get into it? Okay. So I work as a paraprofessional in an elementary-like skills classroom, and I have been in education for over 20 years, having taught regular elementary education for several years, realized I didn't really enjoy it, but I had found I really enjoyed the interactions I had with special needs children. So I took a job as a paraprofessional, started out just with one student with Down syndrome, um, over 20 years ago and have had numerous different individual students that I've been responsible for. And for the past, uh, I'd say nine years, I've been in an elementary life skills classroom um, with students anywhere from kindergarten through sixth grade. Right. That's awesome. Um, what, what made you, besides wanting to switch professions or switch jobs why why did you really want to get into that because that's you know there's it's a it's a huge mindset to kind of go down that road and want to do it's right. a lot of work it is I actually worked in an adult group home when I was um my senior year of college and when I was student teaching and when I was first out subbing as a substitute teacher I worked evenings and weekends in an adult group home and it found it to be very challenging but it was also very rewarding I found they um they appreciated everything you did for them even the littlest things they they just were so thankful and appreciative and you'll find it and it's gotten even worse now than it was 20 some years ago that a lot of kids today just expect expect and expect and they don't appreciate anything you do for them but 
your special needs kids, they appreciate it. They genuinely, um, for the most part, really love you and build a bond with you. And they don't, I mean, sure, all kids can have attitudes at times. We all have good days. We all have bad days. But they strive to please. That's been my experience. Yeah, I um, somehow formed her teacher she was a called a vision itinerant she kind of got me certain things for high school and somehow she got me a school bus um and everyone else was taking septa or, or what, what they call down here step but or not step right. uh, you know the, the bus um and uh-huh. so she got me a school bus and i was the only kid from going to my just a regular school but there was a uh, another high school that was down the street that had a uh, special needs program and so they would go there and so I would kind of help the the bus matron, the bus driver out with them, and uh-huh. um, and it's 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 interesting because I've always said like they're very special people, like not in the sense that the term that they use to put them down, like oh they're special, but like right there is something like yes they don't know completely right from wrong and so on, but there's something there that they do realize and they do know and they do pick up on things. It's just. They, they have ways of doing it that's not maybe completely verbal, uh, if you know what I mean. Sure, sure. And it, it's it's super fascinating because it's like they are, <laughs> you know, like I said, they're they're, they're very interesting people. And, and it's it, it, just in the small amount of times I spent around them, it's just was, you know, kind of humbling just to look at what I go mm-hmm. through. And it's like, man, like these people have it hard, but, you know, like they're smiling and they're having a good time. And, and so it's like. Absolutely. Right. The world is a beautiful place to a lot of them. Um, They tend to see the good in everything a lot of times. It's kind of how we probably should be. Right. Absolutely. And not just like the crappy people, but like all of us, you, me, you know. Right. Oh, absolutely. I've often said um, what a joy it would be to be able to look at the world through their eyes sometimes. I mean, I'm sure there's times that they're very sad because people in this world can be very cruel, especially people that are different than themselves and don't understand um, some of the needs of that community. But I often have said to be able to look through their eyes that the world might be a beautiful thing sometimes. (laughs) Of course. Uh, So what what is the proper term to call them now? Because, I mean, obviously, mental retardation was kind of the the medical term, but obviously calling them right. retarded is not a good thing to call them. No. Special kind of went out the window. So, like, is, is it just special needs or, or? No, it's intellectually delayed. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, they're just adding more words. Yeah. Now. Okay. ID. Yeah. It's, that's the new, the newest buzz, I believe, is ID. It's intellectually delayed. Right. But of course, you've got, I mean, then you also have students that fall under that that might be in the autism spectrum or have genetic issues like Downs or right. um, other things like that um, that you may have like as a sub category right. for them. Now, in, but, the, in the classes that you're in, do. Or are they like mixed? Like, is there some Down syndrome, some that are autistic? Like, are there is, or is it just a specific type? Um, now, 
we have a mixture. We do not have any down kids in our room now. Um, the last down student I had just um, is was a senior last year. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, we have a couple that are on the autism spectrum. I have several that have a um, specific genetic um, disability. And I, I have some that are just intellectually delayed. Um, and there's no reason, like, we don't know why. What does that mean? They intellectually were, delayed, what does that mean? They just learn at a much slower rate okay. than the quote-unquote average person or average child. Right. Um, most of, to be in my classroom, um, they have to be more than three grade levels behind a regular ed peer, learning three grade levels behind what a, uh, someone their same age would be. But of course, our students go to their regular ed homeroom. Mm-hmm. They eat lunch and go to recess with their same age peers. They go to gym, art, music, um, library with their same age peers. And um, some of my students spend more time in their um, regular ed classrooms than other students just because they're able to stay more on task and don't have some of the difficult tasks. Right. Um, so. Is there certain students that, like, uh, whether their condition's a little worse or, or worse, or Jesus, why did I just use worse? Or, uh, is their condition is actually uh, worse off? Like, do is there some that need a little more attention? Just at least one on one. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I have, I would say, um, three in my in our room this year that require more time than the rest of the students. Um, some due to behaviors and some due to needing a lot more um, intensive repetition of material right. than others. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah. what what is like the ratio of teachers and aides to students in those classes? Okay. Um, well, that changes year to year. This year we have, we currently have uh, 14 students and we've got kids kindergarten through sixth grade in our room. And um, there are two paraprofessionals and one teacher. And then we, I do have a student that has a nurse too, um, that is in a wheelchair, but, um, that's the first time in a long time we've had a student with a nurse that had other health issues that were not specifically trained to deal with. So, yeah, but, um, it varies. It just depends on the needs right. in the district at the time. I'm putting a dog outside quick here. <laughs> <It's okay. laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you said there this year we have a, Yeah, and this year, a, a very, this is one of the biggest groups 
we've had. Because um, I think other years, since like 10, maybe. <laughs> right. Um, so. So what is the, the roles of the different individuals? Like you, the, the, you know, you're an aide, but the teachers and the, 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 what's the other one you said, the professionals. Like what is the difference and, and what are your roles individually? Okay. Well, the teacher is responsible for um, making sure the IEP, the Individualized Education Program, is followed. Um, the teacher is responsible for making sure the regular education teachers are following that, as well as paraprofessionals. Um, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. You're fine. Okay, because I thought my phone did something funny. No, Sorry. Good. But um, the paraprofessional, our role is often to support students in their regular ed classrooms um, because obviously they are not capable of doing some of that work on their own. They need assistance and that is often our role to go to the regular classroom with them to support them so that they can have more time with their same age peers, um, whether it be in the classroom or during a special like art, gym, or music. Um, sometimes we've had to be at lunch or recess with students due to more so because of behavior or that they, we may have a student that's a wanderer or one that likes to escape. <laughs> and our role is to make sure that they are safe and that they're um, participating as much as they can with their same age peers. But we also are responsible for assisting the teacher with um, them accomplishing their goals on their IEP. Uh, we often, if she's doing a big math lesson, we may pull individual kids and work on part of that math lesson while she, somebody that needs more one-on-one while she's doing a bigger group. And the same with reading, we may pull a kid um, individually to work with them so that they get more intense help. Does that answer what you... No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just was... uh, Be careful, you're bumping the phone. Um, But yeah, no, that that definitely... uh, Because it's just kind of hard to, you know, like I said, I've been in a classroom, but I've never been in that. And, you know, I've, I've been in a classroom with a teacher and then there was kind of like an understudy who just kind of was looking to be a teacher and they just sat around. But I never had, a you know, like if there was an aide, okay. like, you know, they're not right. there to do much. Whereas you, you actually, you know, you do right. a lot of the dirty work. Like you, you get in there and you, actually, you get to know them and, and, and you know, right. actually love them right. and, you know, get to pick yeah. up on everything and, and, and know, mm-hmm. probably know just about, about as much as their parents know at this point. Um, cause you see them every day. Um, well, yeah. we do, you do get to know them pretty well, uh, especially in our setting where we've had a lot of the kids kindergarten through sixth grade, that's seven years that you're with the, that the poor kids stuck with me, you know? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so they, Whether they like it or not. So they stay, so there isn't like a seventh grade for each one, like a six and a seven for each of those, cl- like, cl- uh, those students, they go to the same class, just different types of work. 
or is there well, is there multiple special needs stu- uh, classes? Now in in my district, there's only one life skills at the elementary, um, and then we have a junior high life skills class and a high school life skills class. Mm-hmm. Um, but they do go out with their homeroom. So if I have a student that's in second grade, age wise, they're in a second grade homeroom. Like I said, for their specials, art, gym, music, lunch, recess, um, and then, oh, sorry, and then the other parts of the day they're in our room. Sorry, I'll try and go to another room where they're not barking. That's okay. <laughs> Okay. Um, Can you hear? Yeah. Before you finish, uh, how how often, like, how long are their school days? A regular school day, seven and a half hours. Um, My district, the kids have to be there at 8, 10, and they're dismissed uh, by 2.40. So not at seven and a half. My day is seven and a half. So what is that, like six? Hours, six and a half hours. Yeah, a, little a normal school day. Yeah, yeah, normal school day. Do you, do you uh, like it when you? Is it student by student? Like when when like is there a lot of accommodations that have to be made before the year starts? And, and if so, is it? I'm assuming it's student by student. It's not like you know, well, this guy's in a wheelchair and that guy, but they they all right. get the same accommodations. Right. It's, it's different. Oh no, it's it's completely individualized. That's the IEP individualized. <laughs> education program say I have a student that um, uh, is not good with hearing sound for reading and stuff we'll focus more on sight words with them whereas I might have another student that's really good at figuring out letter sounds and everything and we'll do phonics with them and but they might not Sorry, they might not be able to memor, you know, figure out the sight words. Or I have a student in math that needs to have a, a number grid at all times or a number line. Or maybe it's a student that they, the parent wants them to learn how to use a calculator. And, and obviously as they, um, each year their goals change. Say maybe in second grade you want them to start learning how to tell time. And then by fifth or sixth grade you want them to learn money. Right. <laughs> because it's a it's a life skill. Right. And the funny thing is we have found a lot of times because we work so much one on one with our kids with money and time and all that stuff. Our kids sometimes are better at those skills than kids in regular ed. <laughs> wow. It's probably more repetitious. Because, it's repeated. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And uh, unfortunately, the new curriculums that are out there, there's not as much emphasis on some of your basic skills as telling time and being able to count and make change and all of that. <laughs> Right. So, 
Have you yeah. had, have you ever had any students come in that were, uh, how do I put it, like misdiagnosed, where they come in and they're like considered slow or, or whatever, but they're actually just whatever, a little off in some way, shape, or form, or is everybody pretty much at the same uh, level? No, I actually years and years ago, um, I actually taught summer school one year, and this was we had a summer school program. It was a regular thing. Mm -hmm. And I had kids that were going to be coming into kindergarten. And I had a student that basically had never really had much socialization, had no social skills, um, had a lot of behaviors like going under tables, barking at kids and all this kind of stuff. And lo and behold, was in regular kindergarten and they said, whoa, whoa, no, this student needs to be in a life skills class. This student cannot be in <laughs> regular ed and came to our life skills class. And through a lot of work, by the time this student was in junior high, was no longer in a life skills class, just got some learning support, but was in regular ed classes with some learning support because it was all a matter of the family background and the student ended up being very intelligent <laughs> and just, right. and was not delayed. It was more of a social issue. Right. He had never, nobody had ever taught him his alphabet or let, you know, letters or numbers and hadn't been around other kids, but was brilliant with math. I mean, by fourth and fifth grade, we were we were like, "Whoa, this this student can do the same math that his peers are doing. He needs to be out in regular ed more." And by junior high, he was out of life skills and well on his way. Right. Um, what What is like the main goal? Like, it, it, once you get them to eighth grade or, or uh, beyond that also does it transfer right into high school or is there another building for that and and also what what is the goal uh, for them as far as I mean how is it just to get them to function better in life like what what is the main goal of, of what you guys do for them um it's individual uh, it depends on when when they get into junior high and high school you you want the parents have a lot of input. What are your goals for your child when they graduate? Um, do you want them to be able to live independently? Are they going to live with you? Are they going to live in a group home? Are they going to live in a supervised apartment setting? Do you think they will be able to hold a job? Um, and it's, it's a very individualized thing. And it, it usually comes down to what do the parents want for their child? But I, I mean, I've seen a lot of uh, former students that once they are done with high school, they might go work, you know, sorting clothes in a fitting room at a department store somewhere mm. or stock shelves in a grocery store. Um, lots of different things. Just depends or, you know, work, at a McDonald's, um, just depends on the student and their parents. 
Right. I know I've seen a few special needs people down at, at even mm-hmm. like Wegmans and which is a grocery store here in town for us. And Right. And they're usually very good workers. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> very good workers. Uh, Cause they, like I said at the beginning, they want to please. Right. Yeah. And, absolutely. Um, and they're very proud of the work they do many times. You know, they're very proud that they, are working and getting a paycheck and <laughs> have their own money, so to say. And yeah, so I think it's great. <laughs> and the, the sad thing is that wouldn't have happened 40, 50 years ago. No, absolutely not. I mean, in certain countries, they probably would have been killed. Oh, yeah. Ab- yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, and that's, that's pretty much all disabled people, but especially them. Um, right, because there's nothing they can't hide what they have. Where some people could say like, "Oh yeah, I'm blind, but may or visually impaired or something," they could probably get around a little better and kind of fake it. Enough. Right, but they can't right. fake it. And yeah. right, absolutely. I mean, it, and I when I worked, no, go ahead, go ahead. I know um, when I worked at the group home with adults, many of them um, were some of the first individuals in this area that were not institutionalized they they were living you know in a group home instead of being in an institution and that was huge because some of them were my mom and dad's age years ago and and they would have just been locked away somewhere or kept at home you know Never, never gone to school, never, you know, gone out in public. Yeah, there's a, I mean, I know you know, but uh, for the people who are listening, there, there's a, a company in our town called Hope that uh, hires them, a lot of them. They mm-hmm. hire other people too, uh, but they hire a right. lot of special needs people. And they also, you know, they, they provide a lot of homes and, and, and certain complexes and mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, and you know, I'm on a bowling team and there's a team from that company and they're, and they're like the most, like they're always hugging you and giving you high five. Like they, they're so right, into the right. game. Um, oh, yeah. and it's, yeah. it's not a competitive thing. It's, it's not malicious. It's just them having fun. They, they remember they your names. It. They just, they're just so friendly. They, they root for you just as much as they're rooting for each other. Um, right. and I always look forward to playing them. We play them every whatever, eight weeks or whatever, but. Uh, I mm-hmm. always enjoy being around them because it's just like the energy. It, you you can feel how positive the energy, and it's not fake. I mean, yeah, you can say, well, they don't know all there. You know, they're not all there, and they don't know better, but mm-hmm. they know enough. Uh, and these ones, oh, yeah. these these guys are very functional, but they're also sure. they're a little older, and you know, you can tell they have mm-hmm. had some experience, and um, and they do have some aids that come with them, but right. in general, like they don't they don't need much help. They're just they're just there to have mm-hmm. fun. Oh yeah, yeah. Even when they lose, well, and I mean, they cheer for you. I have a a student. Oh, I'm trying to think. I believe he's in eighth grade now, and he did wrestling. He did junior high wrestling because his older brother wrestled, so he wrestled too, and he did great. And everybody rooted for him, and you know, cheered him on, right. and. And I, I have another student that she's in high school now, and she's on the varsity cheerleading. Right. You know, yeah. because the parents pushed, and her 
older siblings were involved in cheerleading and football and like, well, if you want to do it, we're going to do it. And, you know, we'll figure it out, yeah. you know, and um, she does great and everybody likes her and you wouldn't even think there's anything wrong. Yeah, they really you know? do get gratification from just, like, um, they're, they're so happy when anyone is just, you know, rooting mm-hmm. them on and, and just giving them some right. positive feedback. Like, you did a good job. Like, right. Um, and again, that that's people in general. It's just they react to it better. They, right. They love when they know they did right. Oh, absolutely. And like I've said, they like to please. Yeah. Um, no, I, I mean, I'm not going to say that I haven't had some that are not as much that, that are right, right. grumpier. But like I said, we all have our good days and our bad days, and they're no exceptions. Right. So you I, know, they're just like us. Right. Um, uh, there's something special about them as far as, like, they're, they're, they're so simple, but not in a, in, I don't mean that even in a negative way. Like, it's just, right. it's kind of what basic human nature should kind of be like in a way. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe more verbal in certain ways and stuff, but overall, it's like they 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 appreciate the little things. They appreciate just right, yeah, the little things. Um, yeah. Um, so one of the things I wanted to ask you was, what are some special rules? Because obviously, classrooms already have rooms or rules in general, but uh, you guys, I'm assuming, have special rules on how to interact with them and so on. And one of the reasons why I asked this question is because uh, I knew somebody who. Uh, worked at one of those homes with them um, and one of them got violent with them and they're not really allowed to even fight back or, or even defend themselves. No. Um, right. So what are some, and not, not just in that vein, but what are some of the rules that a lot of people wouldn't know that you guys are told, to, you know, that you have to immediately understand when you sign that contract or when, you know, when, Sorry. You're, when you're hired by him? Well, uh, we all get, um, training in dealing with individuals with difficult behaviors. Um, we often trained in trained in different restraints if we need to, but those are not used unless they are hurting themselves or hurting someone else and it's not like you're like pinning them down or anything. It might be you're just kind of keeping their hand from hitting their forehead or something like that. Right. Um, and another thing that we often do is if you, oh, sorry, if you need to, like they just might need to get in a different environment. They need to get out of that room for five minutes and go somewhere else and maybe cool down. So we're trained in, being able to recognize, um, okay, this is, we need to go for a walk now. Let's, let's exit before we start to become physically aggressive or angry or get upset. Let's just take a walk or let's go outside or do some deep breathing or whatever. And it's very individual <laughs> with yeah. each child. And, and some kids, you never have to use any of those techniques on and other kids you were using that three or four times a week right so it just depends and that's part of 
that's usually part of the IEP is they'll have a, if a student has challenging behaviors, that will be part of their IEP and we are expected to know what those behaviors are and look for triggers and know how to de-escalate If you want, you can put the phone on speaker, that way you don't have to hit it anymore. Uh, Hold on. Okay. Am I good? Yep, you're good. (laughs) Right, and we're trained to know how to de-escalate those behaviors. And like I said, it's written in their IEPs, different techniques that are effective. And, And that's a, you know, a work in progress. Too. Uh, you know, behaviors change, attitudes change, um, and you often find when they start to get fifth, sixth, seventh grade and the hormones kick in, you get some other, um, that just exacerbates some of the behavior. Right, right. Because they just don't, they don't understand what's going on. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> and, and it presents a new challenge, so... Um, but yeah, yeah. How, like you, just as as a person yourself, like how close do you get with them? I don't mean like physically, but like, you know, right. like do do you really, you know, I mean, you you have to develop bonds with them. So like, I'm assuming, oh, absolutely. assuming you absolutely. really do love them to a certain degree. Absolutely, absolutely. And I mean, I've had, I've been out in the community and seen, <laughs> um, former students and. You know, they get all excited. I get all excited. Oh, how are you doing? You know, I'm so glad I got to see you and, hmm. you know, try and catch up. And and um, I often will ask my friends at the junior and senior high, oh, hey, how is so-and-so doing? I really miss them. Are they doing good work for you? You know, and you do get very vested in their their success, I should say. You, spend, um, you said you spend, and, what, seven, eight years with them? Right. right. Some of them, if they come in our room in kindergarten right. and they're there in our building for sixth grade, that's seven years. <laughs> right. You oh, know? oh, the one question you didn't ask answer early, you're going to answer it quick, but okay. uh, uh, the, the high school thing, the, the, is there another facility for them or does or do you continue on with you guys through ninth grade and so on? Or is there a Well, our grade? building, our program at my building goes to six and then they would go to the junior high for seventh and eighth and then into the high school for ninth through 12th um, with there's three different life skills teachers in our district. Oh, okay. Right. Uh, elementary, a junior and a senior high. And, and it's different when they get to the senior high. Um, well, the junior high, they're out in as much regular ed classes as they can with support from paraprofessionals um, and they're in the life skills classroom working on their basic skills but the high school um, same thing but some of our high school kids might do um, <coughs> a Votech program like auto automotive or they might do culinary or horticulture or um, if they have shown an interest in that and they and a a lot of the girls actually um go into the early childhood program so they can go help in a daycare Um, so it's kind of like some job training too Mm -hmm. while they're in high school 
Yeah. Which is nice. Of course. Uh, how, how has COVID changed your interactions with them? <laughs> well, you can't hug. And that's hard because a lot of these kids, they need a hug. And it's really hard to not be able to hug them. Of course, yeah. you have to um, try to keep them to keep their masks on all day, except when they're eating or drinking. Um, Do they wear and, masks? Yes, they wear masks yeah. or a shield. I have a couple that wear the shield yeah. um, because that's not as it doesn't bother them as much as a mask. Um, their desks all have to be six feet apart. Um, we can't, they can't, you can't sit by them for an extended period of time to help them individually, which is very difficult. Um, you have to keep it under 15 minutes that you're working with a student because they say the risk 15 minutes or greater of close contact is when the risk is there. So we try and keep everything under 10 minutes of any close contact and they have to have their mask. And of course we have our masks on. Um, they, you know, like Valentine's coming up and this year kids aren't allowed to bring in Valentine's for their friends. Um, so that's hard. Uh, Right. They can't bring birthday treats. <laughs> uh, it's it's hard. It's very hard, <laughs> especially right. with elementary kids, and I, and not just the special needs population, but elementary kids in general. Right. I think it's very difficult because they they need that social interaction just as much as a high school student, and it's just not they're not able to get as much as they need. Um, so, and I, I know our speech, I think our, our speech teacher, she's really had the, a challenge um, because with math, it's really hard. Because <laughs> you, I mean, I think she pretty much makes them put a shield on in her room so she can see their mouths and they can see hers right, right. and stuff. Because, <laughs> because kind of that's part of that whole yeah, that's um, yeah, kind of old area. Right, yeah. She no. needs to be able to see their mouths. They need to see her. <laughs> but, um, and she's not, she's not used to having desks. She's used to being able to have them at a table and get right, you know, right up with them face to face. And right. you can't do that this year. Right. Um, Hopefully next year. I hope. Hopefully, yeah. Um, yeah. So over the years of doing this, just a personal question for you, but. Uh, how psychologically and mentally, like, how do you, like, how does it, how do you deal with it? Like, are you, like, mentally, how do you, at the end of the day, like, do you feel like, you know, like, you know, whether it's for good or for the bad, like, are you, right, does it right. mentally drain you? Like, does it make you sad because their lives are hard? Like, I mean, does it make you appreciate life more? Like, you know, how, how does it affect you and in, in your daily? Well, I think I've had all of those. Some days I come home and I, I'm completely exhausted because maybe a student's had a lot of behaviors all day and that's mentally and physically exhausting um, to deal with. And, and it might be that the behaviors are because they can't communicate their needs as well as others. And so 
so it's no fault of theirs. And it's, you know, sometimes I feel like maybe if I understood what they wanted, I, we could have avoided some of this. And, and, and the teacher and the other paraprofessional, I think, probably feel the same way. You know, maybe if we, I don't know, could have seen this coming. But, and then there's other days that I might be very sad because maybe another, a regular ed peer was rude to them. Um, which it still happens. I don't think it happens as much as it maybe did 20 years ago because they're in with the regular ed peers a lot more. And I think kids by nature are much more accepting than adults. Um, But, you know, there's days that I I come home and I am heartbroken and or frustrated because, okay, I've, shown them how to do this five different ways. Why aren't they getting it? What, what am I missing? What am I doing wrong? (laughs) How can I help them understand this particular skill or, um, or the days that I'm really happy because, wow, that clicked, you know, we've been working so hard and look how well they did. This clicked and they're doing great. You know, (laughs) so the emotions and stuff run the full gamut, I'd say. (laughs) And it can be, all of them in one day. Do you do you enjoy what you do though? I do, I do. There was, I I'm, I mean, there's days that I go, oh, I don't know if I can do this, but then I'll go in and a kid will do something and I'll be like, oh, I would miss these kids too much if I was. <laughs> right. You know, just because they can bring a lot of joy and uh, happiness. Right. Well, you know, we and, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, and fulfillment, you know, I mean, they just, like, like I said, they, they see the world in a much more positive way than a lot of us do. Right. Does it make you strive to be a better person just for yourself? Absolutely. And it also makes me very thankful that I am, um, where I am in life and that my own children didn't have so as many struggles as some of my students. Although, um, I mean, my son has a learning disability and he struggled with math and (laughs) stuff in school, but, but not anything that my students have. Right. He's Um, a smart kid. So he, he is. He did not like school. He was not a student, right. but he doesn't like a not lot of everybody things. is. I've been around him no. for three years. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. Oh, love you, Noe. <laughs> he wasn't always like that, though. That's okay. I mean, you know, I yeah. know a lot in Thank his past, you. and he's yeah. he's had a very interesting life himself. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. now yeah, you, you, we talked about this. Your your obviously your husband has a disability, and a few different. Yeah. Um, how does that like how does your actual job translate into that like does it make you be more open and caring to what he's going through um I mean it's different well but, you know it, yeah it's different the the one thing having worked in the group home while I was in college and just out of college I 
seizures were nothing new to me. I had dealt with that a lot in my job. So when he started having them, I don't think I was, I mean, I was shocked that he had them, but I think I was able to handle it better than, say, somebody who had never experienced that. Right, um, right. But, um, it was and due, I think... It was due to a car accident, wasn't it? Yes, right. it was. He had a car accident at 18, but he didn't start with seizures till I think, 25 years right. after his car accident, which is rather unusual, so the doctors have said. And, um, and his seizures have changed over the last, oh, I'm trying to think, I have to think how old my daughter is. 15 years, I guess, he's had them because he was only four okay. the first time he had them. They've changed a lot over the years. Um, had a lot of different types, and we've had to recognize the differences right. and be prepared. And he has a, you said he has a TBI, right? Traumatic brain injury? Yeah, he he actually was um, thrown out of the car, and uh, I think I believe died three times. Twice he they revived him twice um, before he got to the hospital and was in a um, you know he was one of the first life flight people in this area, but um, he uh, he was in a coma for. Two and a half months, I believe. Yeah. So, yeah, and a lot of head trauma. And when he had his injury, they didn't have all of the rehab that they now have for people that have had head trauma. That didn't exist, um, you know, twenty some years ago. Right. So, so he's done remarkably well. And I mean, when I met him I never would have known that right, right. there was anything you know um, he struggles with his short term memory which is sometimes frustrating for the kids and I right, like yeah. oh we just told you that oh yeah I forgot you know <laughs> but yeah. we've learned to deal with it we you know notes and reminders on the phone and he's had to learn different you know, coping mechanisms, I guess you would say. Right, yeah. Um, and that kind of translates what I was kind of wanting to ask you, is that, like, uh, you know, because you, you were saying about how, you know, modern medicine and just technology and everything has just gotten better to help deal with conditions and so mm-hmm. on. Uh, maybe not the medicine aspect, but as far as, you know, what we have in place for people with special needs mm-hmm. to is right. It, is it plateaued? Is it getting better? Like, not, not just in just like how they're perceived, how they're treated, uh, all the programs that are put out there for schooling and all that. Like, just from from your perspective, do you think it's getting better right. or, or staying the same? Or, oh, I think it's definitely gotten a lot better. I think there's still a long way that it could go, and I think that a lot of parents. Um, especially the autism movement, I think, has really pushed a lot of things yeah. to the forefront. Um, and I think parents are 
are stepping up more and becoming more of an advocate for their child. Mm-hmm. And I, I think people are more educated about what's out there. What is there that will help my child and where can I get the help I need to help my child? Um, I, I think that there's a lot more programs available. Um, I think there still needs to be better funding for a lot of the programs uh, because we definitely do not have the special education staff that we could have if there was better funding for the schools. I think you would see better, smaller ratios of teachers to students um, and paraprofessionals to students. Is that a huge problem? And is the funding? Oh, definitely. The the funding for uh, education in general has declined and, and special education funding, you know, the, the cost gets higher and the funds get smaller (laughs) every year. Right. And, and you're seeing a lot more, um, particularly the autism, you're seeing a lot more, um, kids come through diagnosed. And unfortunately we're also seeing a huge surge in kids that parents were addicted to drugs and alcohol and while they were pregnant and the effects are lifelong for these kids Um, medical and mental physical you know lots of that's a big big problem and there's definitely not the funding to deal with that and I think that goes back to there needs to be better drug and alcohol and social service funding (laughs) would help improve those outcomes right yeah, absolutely yeah um a couple more questions uh you said things have changed over the last like 20 years what what whether for the good or for the bad what what has in your opinion what you've seen changed over the years well the good part like i said is that kids special needs kids now spending a lot more time with their same age peers and Today's kids are far more accepting of kids that are different than them because that's been what it is all through their schooling. These kids weren't hidden away. They've interacted with these kids. And it doesn't, it doesn't matter. There are kids just like them. And I, I think kids just tend to overlook. They don't see a, a difference. They just see another kid. Right. Oh, I want to play with him today. You know, because that kid's been in their classroom since kindergarten or preschool, you know, and 30. Well, I mean, I'm thinking back to my own elementary days and I'll be 52. So that gives you a a time frame. The early 70s, the special needs kids, they were in the basement of my elementary school and you really didn't see them very much. Right because they were kept down there separate from everyone. Right. And and that that's not the case anymore, thank heavens. Yeah, they're and, very poorly treated. Uh, for yeah. A long time. And, and they still are. I mean, I, I know you probably know yeah. about the story that happened. I'm not going to mention the place, but in town where there was a restaurant where a, a special needs or I don't, I don't know exactly his condition, but 
he went into the restaurant and the owner of the restaurant told him that he can't eat out front. He has to eat out back or eat in the back yeah. of the restaurant. And, and yeah. luckily someone, uh, one of the waitresses there had a son that had special needs and went to the paper mm-hmm. or whatever it was. And, and, and like the whole right. restaurant just was an outpour for this, this per, poor person. And this guy right. lost his restaurant because of it. Um, right. but that doesn't usually happen. Um, no, that's usually no. just something that's like, oh, okay, whatever. Uh, right. But stuff like that is what needs to happen more because they are looked at as these, you know, and just as a disabled person myself, I mean, I, I get the looks and I get the things people say and I, I function mm-hmm. pretty normal and whatever, but you know, I get the, you know, free type of thing and, and whatever. And it's like, you know, like it's, I'm lucky enough that right. I can kind of defend myself and, 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 and speak for myself. And so that's why right. I kind of do what I do now with this because it, it's, you know, as I said before to you, like we need to stick together and, and right. you know, right. and fight for not just us, but fight for the ones who can't speak. And, um, and, and special needs community has always been a community that's just looked at as just this horrifying situation. And, oh, you're bumping the buttons. Right. Yeah. Um, um, and it's like, as, as we said off the top, like, they probably are the most special people we have because everything is so simple and they enjoy life probably more than any of us will ever enjoy life um, right. for however long they're around and, and whatever, but they, they, they're happy. Uh, mm-hmm. And maybe they find true happiness way more than we ever will. Right. And, right. and that's something that's just, you, you can't take for granted. Like it's something you just, right. you know, yeah. Um, well, I, I feel like, if more people would spend some time with people from that community, they'd see, you know what? They're, they're not different from us. They just may do things differently than we do, and it may take them longer to do the things we do, but they have the same needs and wants and um, emotions that all of us have. Right. And, that, and that's how people become racist and homophobic and all these things. If you just had right. some time with these, with certain people, and again, mm-hmm. there's crappy people in all groups. So it, it is what it oh, is. Yeah. And we all have bad right. experiences with certain people and we all want to say certain words and, you know, we have sure. road rage and all these different things. But in general, if you t- put everything in the context, like if you just spent time with some people and had experiences with them, like you break it down to like the smallest minutiae, like we, we all are very similar and, we all have our problems and so on. But if you just have mm-hmm. a little time with them and a little experience with someone, like it, it, it makes you rethink yeah. your stupid ideals. Right. Um, well, and I always feel like if you would walk a mile in someone else's shoes. Right. It's corny, <laughs> then but you it's see. true. It is. Yeah. It very much is. Yeah. And I find myself, you know, sometimes if I'm being, if I'm frustrated with a student or something, I, I have to take a step back and go, you know what? Can you imagine how frustrated they maybe are right now? So take a breath and regroup and let's go at this again. And, you know, remember that I'm not them and I, I can't pretend to know how they feel, but I, I'm empathetic to their, you know, Absolutely. how they're feeling or their needs. I guess. I'm sure your empathy Sorry. is. You know, you're, I'm sure your empathy is kind of exponentially grown over the years. Um, yeah. So, just kind of here in closing, um, 
what is like the biggest thing you've learned from them that you've taken away from just doing what you do and just being around all these kids? Like what, what is the, the biggest thing you learned about whether your life or about life yourself or, okay. or whatever? I think the biggest thing I've probably learned is what I, I just said is everybody's different and everybody learns in different ways and not just the special needs students, everybody. And I think we need to remember that um, not everybody works at the same pace, learns at the same pace, grows at the same pace. Everybody's different. And we need to remember that just because someone's different and maybe doesn't do things the same way that you or I do, doesn't mean they're any less of a person or um, that you're better than them. And I, and I do feel that that is changing. Like people are starting to recognize that they're, they're just people just like us. Yeah. We all, we all bring something to the table. Right. Everybody has something to offer in this world. Um, or, you know, God made us all different and that's what makes the world an interesting place. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I mean, I just, the last episode I just put out, I interviewed a guy who is a paraplegic. He paralyzed himself in a uh, Mm. motorcycle accident. He's paralyzed from the shoulders down. Uh, Oh my. So he has function in his shoulders. He has function in his arms, but everything below his shoulders, he cannot use. Wow. And he now runs his own business. Uh, He's his own advocate for people with disabilities. You know, he has a job. He, He has adopted kids. He has a wife. Um, he's constantly yeah. out in the forefront fighting for people with disabilities. And it's like, you know, I, I honestly, like if I looked at myself in the mirror and I said, if I lost my, if I was paralyzed where I couldn't move anything but my arms, I probably mm-hmm. wouldn't want to live. And that, that's just my mindset as at this point right now. Right. But right. it's like talking to people like him is like, man, like it makes me appreciate the fact that I have a little bit of sight and, yeah. and that I, I can walk and I can talk and I can think right. and I can do all these things. And it's like, and I'm a person who's had a very rough life and, and yeah. not, not just because of the eye stuff. I've been dealt with abuse and, 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 and all kinds right. of things. And, and, and it doesn't take away from my story, but it also makes me appreciate the things that I do have. Like I, I can, you know, talk to you, have this conversation Absolutely. and, and, and want to fight for people like us and or like me and, right. and, and, and your and the children you teach. And, um, and then I can afford my own apartment. I live on my own and so on. And it's like, you know, right. there's so many amazing people out there that do so many d- amazing things that it's like, you know, it, 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 and to me, disabled people, not just because I am one, but it, it, it should make everyone else appreciate what you do have and little things you do have. And, and Absolutely. Um, and, and I do find that I am much more appreciative right. and, of and, my life because I've not had to deal with the struggles that many of my students have dealt with their whole lives. Right. And I, and I don't, you know, and I, people throw around the word privileged and it's not something I'd like, I mean, it, 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 I guess it is true, but I look at it more. It's just, you're lucky, you're fortunate. So just appreciate right. that. Like don't, right. you know, don't dwell in it. Don't, you know, aha type of ordeal, but just, mm-hmm. just appreciate what you have and, 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 and whatever way you can give back, do it. You know, mm-hmm. I have an upcoming yeah. episode where I talked to a woman who was blind and homeless and homelessness is something I wanted to oh. talk to because they're another wow. group of people who are completely sure. forgotten about, 
made fun of, absolutely uh, judged, and and and, and the right. community continues to grow, and that's not a good thing. Um, no, no. And you know, and I found out recently. I found out through this person that not only is it bad to be homeless, if you're uh, disabled and homeless, you're even worse. You're treated even worse. Like oh, you're not absolutely. allowed in hospital. Like they they barely don't want to take you in hospitals because of. Uh, your moral sure. liability, the shelters don't accept you as, as much. And mm-hmm. it's just, there's so many things that go into everything. And you right. really realize right. like when you're not the bottom of the barrel and you have some amenities and you can, you know, go to mm-hmm. work and, you know, it, it's, you got to appreciate those things. So that's why I asked right. you a lot of things I asked you earlier. It's just, you know, I mean, you have yeah. basically every day you go to work as a, as a, is a life lesson. Um, you, you know, you, because I I talk to people with disabilities and I, and I ask them a question. Some people may find funny where I say, Hey, Hey, uh, have you ever forgot that you had a disability? And a lot of us end up saying yes, because sometimes we're so used to it and we're so transitioned and, 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 or we're so just kind of stuck in our ways that there's times I forget that I got to zoom in on my computer and all these things. And, um, and we just kind of enjoy our lives. And, but when when we ever get to a certain point where it's like oh I'm too good for this, our eyes or our legs or whatever humbles mm-hmm. us, and so you mm-hmm. kind of get the same thing, just in a different way where you you go around right. these students and you right. may think like oh you know my life is hard and oh how right. dare I get up early or whatever <laughs> I get get paid this or this and that and again yeah. it doesn't mean yeah. what you're saying isn't valid, it's just in comparison to them it's way right. less valid. Like you, 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 right. And it humbles you and it makes you, it, it, you know, and I can tell and it, it, and it should, because it's like, Hey, look, my life yeah. could be this and my life isn't. And well, and I, you know, you got to remember too, in any moment, any one of us could have an accident or something happened that we're dealing with, you know, uh, being a paraplegic or having a head injury or, you know, anything or medical issue i mean right. it can happen to anyone that's why and i, I said, think people don't fortunate like yeah yeah right we're all you know look at you like you said your husband you know your one car right. accident away from yeah not being able to walk or mm-hmm. having a brain injury or, or so on so yeah. right well yeah he wasn't he was not supposed to be able to walk or you know they said he would be back in the day they called it a vegetable and then when he came out it was like well he's never going to walk you know, we put a rod in his back, but he's never going to walk. And then, you know, it's like, oh, he's going to walk, but he's never really going to be able to do anything. But, oh, right. gee, yeah, I guess <laughs> he can work. He can function in society and <laughs> he does well for himself. Yeah. Beating the odds is always something a lot of us thrive in. Like, you know, people mm-hmm. tell us no all the time. And right. It's like, right. And I'm sure that's part of with your job. I'm sure you love to see uh-huh. when they go to high school and they actually you know, can live and, and, and do things that maybe it's not as yeah. great as if you were teaching a student, just a, you know, a normal able body student who can go to high school and mm-hmm. live his life. But if they're doing anything, like I said, those kids going to the bowling alley, they're out living it. Like yeah. sure you, yep. you get a lot of pride and, and, you know, you're proud of what they accomplish. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Very much so. Yeah, I mean, if there's anything else you want to say, but I, I, I really do appreciate you for doing this. Oh, I'm glad I could do it. Yeah. You know, anything to help um, shed some light on this group of great people. Right, no, yeah. Um, it just I think everybody day, should, so. yeah, get to experience being around. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, you've always. I'm glad in, I could do it. Yeah, I've, I've you've always been in the the background of. I've been in his car many times, and and you're talking. I was just like, <laughs> I'm not gonna interrupt. And honestly, I I didn't even know you. I, I would always call you Moa because I called you Mama oh. Mama Noah, and I, I always, oh. and he never told me your name until the other day. And I'm like, now I was I figured when he was gonna tell me your name and through text, I thought I was gonna recognize it. And he was like, Robin. I'm like, no, I don't oh. recognize that name at all. <laughs> Um, but as soon as he said yes, I was like, "Oh, I got to do this as soon as possible." I mean, even though you you live like down the street, but um, right, right. <laughs> um, but yeah, again, thank you. So I, I really appreciate it. Oh, you're very welcome. I'm glad I could help. Um, yeah. So it'll come out in probably about three weeks to a month. I'll let you know ahead of time. Um, oh, cool. But uh, cool. yeah, is there anything else you want to say? To it. Oh no, I just you know, I wish people would open their eyes and be more open-minded and accepting of people's differences. Yeah, of course. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Like I said, again, thank you. And uh, I will text you when uh, I'll text you. Okay, great. So again, thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Anytime. Okay. Bye. Bye. All right, guys, that was that was fun. I know there was a lot of sound effects. Their dogs were in the background. Their husband was clearing his throat. Bullet was laying on me and purring, knocking stuff around. The wind was blowing. Um, but I think through all the, and, oh, and her hitting the button, <laughs> I'm sure that's going to drive people crazy. Um, but, yeah, that was great. That was one of my favorite ones. I, I really enjoyed that. I didn't know where it was going to go. Uh, I never met the woman before, even though I've, you know, I know a lot about her through her son, of course, who, love my buddy Noe Beast. um and so yeah I'm very grateful for that interview and uh yeah guys I'll see you on the next one and uh please uh you know hang in there keep yourself uh, healthy and try to show some love to the ones out there that really need it and uh I'll see you guys on the next one bye bye